How many of you have ever um, taken a job someplace and when you got on the job, you found out the job was completely different than the way they described it was going to be? Anybody? Yeah. Or, or how many of you um, got married and found out marriage was completely different than you thought it would be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to I talk today about that whole idea. Um, the title of this new series that we're doing is called Upside Down. And the discovery that you make is that when you encounter Jesus Christ and you begin to listen to the things that he says, one of the things that you begin to realize is everything you've been told is wrong. Have you discovered God's values are upside down from the values of this world? Amen. God's perspective is upside down from the perspective that this world wants to give you. In fact, every single day of our lives, we are bombarded with billboards and advertising and messages that tell us all these things that our priorities ought to be and how we ought to live. And then you encounter Jesus Christ and you realize it's completely upside down from what Jesus says. And so for the next several weeks, what I want to do is I want to unpack some of this with you uh, of, as to the things that Jesus says that really rock our world and make us think very differently about life. Welcome to Upside Down. Glad you're here this morning. I want to welcome our online audience too. Glad you guys are with us as well. If you want to take your sermon outline out, you can track along with us. Uh, we've got some Bible verses and things we're going to be throwing up on the screen, but we do have Bibles in the pews in front of you. If you would uh, like to have one of those Bibles, those Bibles are our gift to you. So feel free to take one of those Bibles home for yourself or for someone else. We want everybody to make sure that they have a Bible somewhere. You ready? Here we go. Throw the passage of scripture up on the screen for me. Mark chapter 8. Um, it says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, read it with me, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Go back to that first phrase, give up your own way. How many of you go, okay, pastor, I got enough to go home and work on a few things already. Yeah, you with me? Yeah. Give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Uh, now, keep reading with me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Read it loud and clear. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? That's an incredible statement. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? There are, um, what Jesus is offering to us is a new life. He's offering us a trade. And God wants to give us some incredible things. Throw that first one up on the screen for me, dear Paula. He wants to trade. You can trade your guilty life for a forgiven one. Isn't that a great trade? Here's the deal. Bible says, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how long you've done it. God's willing to take that guilt from you and offer you a clean bill of health. In uh, uh, Isaiah, he says, come now, let's reason together. Even if your sins are like scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. What's God willing to trade? He's willing to take that guilt. And he's willing to offer you a forgiven life. Amen? That's a pretty good trade. You can trade your temporary life 
for an eternal one. You can trade your temporary life for an eternal one. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, yesterday, we celebrated with one of our parishioners, Verna May Arms, 100 years old. Can you imagine that? 100 years old. And uh, we had a big celebration yesterday. And, and when you think about it, you go, man, how many of you think that's really old? That's just, that's just, yeah, it's not getting very old to me anymore. It's getting closer and closer. You know, it's one of those things, the older you get, the more that doesn't really seem all that old, you know? And what you discover is, is this, life goes very quickly. I don't care how old, you, how old you are, life goes very, very quickly. But here's what God says, your life doesn't have to end when you die. If we, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, he gives us eternal life. I mean, when you look at, if you look at this brick wall in front of this black wall, you look way over there in the corner and you see that one little rock, that represents the span of life. But if you look all across that, that's just the tip of the iceberg for eternity when you look at the span of that. Jesus says, you know what? I'll take your temporary life. I'll give an eternal one. I'll give an eternal one. Here's another trade. You can trade your self-seeking life for a significant one. You can trade your self-seeking life for a significant You know, it's so interesting in the Gospels when Jesus was uh, inviting his disciples. A lot of these guys were fishermen. You know, and every day they came down, you know, came down to the lake and they, they were fishing and they were catching fish. And, the, and you know that somewhere along the way, some of them were going, you know, I, I need to find something else to do. You know, it, it just gets old doing the same thing day after day. After day. And then Jesus walks along one day and he says, you know what? Come follow me and I'll make you what? fishers of men. And all of a sudden, they went from this self-seeking life of just kind of doing what I need to do to survive for me to a life of accepting. In fact, here they are. How significant was it? Here we are still talking about those ignorant, uneducated fishermen 2,000 years later. And that's the trade God offers to you. A chance to get your eyes and heart off of yourself and really make a difference in this world. Let me give you one more. You can trade your solitary life for a friend and a family. Now, you may have come in this morning and you may feel all alone. And you may feel like there's absolutely no one in the world that really even cares about you. But I want to tell you, there is one who does care about you. And God not only wants to be your Savior and your Lord, Jesus wants to be your friend. And not just have a relationship with him. You know what? He wants to give you a family. Amen. Uh, I had the privilege this week of uh, visiting with one of, my, one of our parishioners here, Tim Jackson, Tim and his wife, Kim. Tim uh, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer some time ago, and he's been, he's been battling a, a long, hard battle. And uh, this last week, they called hospice in. And uh, Tim, is, uh, unless God does a miracle, he's in the last days you know, of, of being on this planet. And as I visited with them in their home, and we just had a, a real neat chance to connect heart to heart, one of the things that Tim and Kim both said repeatedly was, I'm so thankful to be surrounded by people who care. I mean, as hard as this journey is for them, can you imagine trying to do this all on your own? You don't have to. Jesus Christ wants to be your friend. Amen? Amen. And he wants to make you a part of a family. How many of you would say, you know what? Um, those are all incredible trades. I'll take that, yeah? Well, what's God asking for me? Well, everything. <laughs> everything. Paula, can we throw that picture up on the screen, please? 
Anybody know who that is? Any football fans in here? I'm dating myself. Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman was a football star at Arizona State University, and uh, people in Arizona were thrilled when the Cardinals were able to select him in the draft, and he became a part of the professional football team in Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona Cardinals. Um, he played a, a free safety, was, was really, really good. But then something happened that changed Pat Tillman's perspective. Uh, on September 11, 19, or 2001, um, the World Trade Centers were bombed. We celebrated that. We celebrated. We remembered that this last week on the memorial. Pat Tillman was playing. Uh, again, he was playing with the Arizona Cardinals at that time. And everybody in the country, our, our world was completely rocked. Everybody was trying to figure out how do we respond to all of this. Well, Pat Tillman did something that many people just found unbelievable. Um, at the end of that football season in June of 2002, Pat Tillman walked away from a $3 million football contract to become an Army Ranger. Throw that picture up. Pat Tillman served our country for two years. And then a battle in Afghanistan, he was killed. Pat Tillman thought that there was something worth trading his life for. Do you? You see, when we talk about this new life that Christ offers us, what Jesus made clear in our passage in Mark is that he's willing to give you a new life. He's willing to give you a life that you can hold on to, a life that you can save. But you know what it's going to cost you? It's going to cost you your old life. Now, let me walk that through. So, well, Pastor Steve, what does that, what does that mean? What, what, kind of, what kind of life am I going to have to get? Are you ready? Throw that first point up on the screen for me, Paula, please. You have to walk away from the life that you used to have. You got to be willing to walk away from the life you used to have. You know, when Jesus called his disciples, they had to leave where they were to follow him. You know, when, when you get married, the Bible says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. In other words, to, to really have a, a, a union with your wife, you've got, to, you've got to walk away from where you've been. And the same thing is true in this new life with Jesus Christ. You can't, you can't hold on to the life that you used to have and at the same time firmly hold on to our Lord Jesus Christ. Does this make sense to you? Yeah. How many of you know uh, the name Jean-Claude Van Damme? But I know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an action flick guy. I, I love action movies. Um, I know I shouldn't as a pastor. I know that's not real pastoral. But, you know, and I was telling Sherman this the other day. I said, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor. I got to be nice to people all day long. When I come home at night and it's just me and my big screen, somebody's got to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the way it is. That's the way it is. Well, one of my favorite uh, action figures is Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's a martial artist and just a, an unbelievable guy. His, 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 his kind of a claim to fame was he could, he could stick his legs straight out. He could do the splits. His legs were massive. I mean, literally, his legs are about the round as my waist used to be back several years ago. But, but he, he had these, he's got these massive legs that are really strong. And that was in, his, in the shows, you can see him do this. I mean, he does all these things where he kicks his legs straight out. And stuff. He was, not long ago, he was actually in a commercial where they kind of showed this. Throw, throw that up on the screen. He was advertising Volvo trucks. Now, check this out. One foot on one mirror, the other foot on the other. How many of you can do that? <laughs> yeah, this was, so, this was so crazy. I saw this commercial. I thought, this is so amazing. But 
And I, when I saw it, what, what hit me is this is how a lot of people try to live their life. They try to have one foot in one world and another foot in another world. You know, we want to keep one foot in the life that we used to have and another foot in the life that we think Christ wants us to have. Now, you, you're smart enough to figure this out. If those trucks are driving far enough and long enough, somewhere this isn't going to end well. <laughs> somewhere this isn't. Look at me. You know, I love you. Someday, somewhere along the way, you got to choose which truck you want to get in. <laughs> Amen? And, and that's what Christ is saying. He's saying, you know what? You, if you want to you hold on to this old life, you'll lose it. But if you're willing to let go of the old way that you used to be, I can make you someone brand new. Amen? Uh, throw that passage up on the screen. Paul said, for though once your heart was full of darkness, now it is full of light from the Lord. And because, and your behavior should show it. Read it with me. Because of this light within you, you should do only what is good and true, right and true. Now, throw that last statement. I put, I put this in your outline. I want you, to, I want you to have that. You know, God wants you to be more than forgiven. He wants you to be changed. He wants you to be changed. Look at me. I'm so thankful for the great grace of our God. I'm so thankful that God is willing to forgive us of our past and wipe that slate clean. But here's the deal. He doesn't want to just wipe the slate clean. He wants you to write a new story. Amen? He wants you to write a new story. To fully embrace the life that Christ offers, you've got to let go of that old life. Here's another one, and this one isn't so easy either. You have to live for the one instead of for the others. You got to live for the one instead of for the others. Throw that picture up here, Paul. That's Dr. Norman Lewis. And back in the um, 1970s and 80s, he was uh, a, a leading uh, research doctor at, for Stanford University. Um, did a lot of breakthrough, groundbreaking work uh, for cystic fibrosis. And uh, was an amazing, amazing doctor, very smart, very talented, um, very, actually had a good bit of fame around uh, Southern California and in the country for the work that he was doing. Um, he died in 1991, very young, 52 years old, of a heart attack, massive heart attack. Uh, can you imagine his wife, Katie, to whom he had been married for six years, um, at the funeral, made a, a rather startling discovery. She wasn't his only wife. He was, yeah, she wasn't Dr. Lewison's only wife. She found out that the woman that he had been originally married to in 1960, that he had never actually divorced her. In fact, not only had he not divorced her, he still had a home with her in Southern California that he stayed at on a regular basis. So he was maintaining this life with his first wife and this new life with Katie. Now, how many of you women would say, I ain't having none of that? <laughs> well, let me take it a step further. He had a third wife. No kidding. He had married one woman in 1960. He had married Katie in 1985. In 1989, he married yet a third woman. He had three different women in three different homes trying to carry on three different households and maintain a medical practice. Now, tell me why he died of a heart attack at 52 years old. 
Yeah. My wife said, he'd have been dead by me if it had been him. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah and, that's, and that's the whole, that's, that's the whole thing. When I, when I read that, I was like, you know what? This is so crazy. How, how can you do this? No, no, no. Somewhere along the way, you got you to gotta choose. Look at me. Same thing with Jesus. Here, here's what I want you to understand. The fact of the matter is there, there are times where relationships in our life become more important to us than our relationship with God. Come on. It's just us. Great place to put it all on the floor here. How many of you would be honest enough to admit that there have been times you've had people in your life who had more power over you than they should have? Yeah. And you know what? A part of when we talk about what does it mean to let go of this old life and take, new, take hold of this new life, it's about realizing that there are sometimes people that we are in relationship with that we shouldn't be in relationship. They're not just a friend. They're not just a person. They are our God. Throw that passage up on the screen. John chapter 12 says, yet at the same time, many, uh, even among the leaders, believed in him. Listen to this. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. Read it with me, church. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Look at me, teens. There are times, come on, let's be honest. Sometimes in school, man, we get friends that that we have. We have groups that we want to be a part of. And and sometimes if it's not cool to be a Christian, you know, we kind of of hide that from them because we we want to be accepted. And the moment we make our friends... More important than our relationship with Christ, guess what? Our friends become our God. It's not just teens who do that. Can we be honest? We all do that from time to time. Amen? I, I put the statement on your outline, and I, I, I just believe it with all of my heart. You can't be fully, become fully who God wants you to be when you're trying to please everyone around you. Let me give you another one. This one hurts a bit, too. If you really want to embrace this new life, a part of what else you have to lose is you have to lose your right to rule your own life. You have to give up your right to rule your own life. You know, God creates us with this incredible power called free will. In Genesis, he talks about he gave us dominion in this world. And the invitation of this relationship is God gives us is he gives you a choice. And he says, you know what? You can, you can rule in this. You can do this your way if you want to. Or a better way is how about if you give me the rule in your life and you serve alongside of me and under my direction. Now, the interesting part that happened in Genesis, the whole reason Adam and Eve sinned is because they wanted to be like God. They wanted to rule in their domain. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think that's the biggest challenge for us. I think a lot of times along the way, it's about the fact that I want to run life my way. I want to do things my way. I want my relationships to be my way. I want to have my way. It's like every day I get up (laughs) and I get to be king (laughs) in my domain. I get to be king in your domain. <laughs> but but this, is, this is how we want to live, isn't it? You know, I, I want the right to rule. You know, I want the right to make my own decisions. I, I want it my way. Isn't, isn't that what we do? 
And this is the invitation. When we talk about Jesus Christ being the Lord of our life, that means we make him the director of our life. That means every single day of our lives, we take off our crown and we lay it before the cross and we say, God, I want you to rule in my domain. Amen. Even Jesus modeled this so well for us. Uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, throw that prayer up on the screen for me. In Matthew 20, 26, it says, And he went on a little farther, and he bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering being, be taken away from me. Now, I want you to get this. You are a child of God. You have a right to ask your Father for anything in the world that you want. But here's the deal. Look at how the attitude that Jesus modeled after he said that. Read it with me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And can we be honest? Sometimes... That's a hard prayer for us to pray. Amen? Let me give you one more. One of the other things I've discovered is that you not only have to to die to yourself, you have to keep on dying. You have to keep on dying. I I don't know what you've discovered on your journey, but I've discovered that losing my life is not a one-time gig. (laughs) I discovered that from the moment that I came to Jesus Christ and I said, I'm offering you my life, that it wasn't just one big lump sum. I've discovered that along the way, I constantly find things that are yet to be surrendered over to him, things I've yet to lose that I might gain the life that he has to offer. It's not just a one-time deal. It's a daily deal. Amen? And it happens for all of us. There's a great story uh, I read this last week. Um, throw that picture up on the screen for me. That's a, a young lady by the name of Heather Friesen. Um, she's 26 now, uh, but a few years ago when she was in college, uh, she was a volleyball player. Uh, she's now a professional uh, beach volleyball player in Southern California, uh, but a few years ago she uh, played for the University of Hawaii. Uh, Right at the start of her senior year, um, she was uh, with some friends out on a hike, and an event happened that just kind of dramatically changed her life, and I just want to let you watch that video. Go ahead and play that for me, would you? 26-year-old Heather Friesen was hiking in Hawaii when the unthinkable happened. Her GoPro camera caught every terrifying moment. see in the video there's kind of this little trickle of water that was in the shadows which I didn't see. I stepped right on it and my right foot came out from under me so I started falling. The entire 50 foot fall was caught on her GoPro. There was this little ridge on the waterfall by, right by my left hand. I can still picture it in my head and I was like I'm gonna grab on but it was too slippery so I kept falling and that's kind of when I knew that it was happening and there was nothing I could do about it. She desperately called out for help. Her hiking companion was the first to reach Heather. I need somebody down here to help me out. I could barely breathe, so that's why I knew something was wrong, because my left lung had collapsed. Heather suffered 10 broken ribs, a collapsed lung, and fractured scapula. The fall happened in 2016, but the video has just been released.
Crazy, huh? What was interesting for me in reading Heather's story was how she described this event. She said it was the best day of her life. Because if you read her testimony about what happened that day, what she said was the fact that up until that moment in her life, um, God was somewhere on the back burner for her. Um, Was she a Christian? Yeah, she had committed her life to Christ. But God really wasn't a priority for her. And she said in the process of this event, she said something happened for me that needed to happen a long time ago. God took first place. In fact, let me listen in Heather's own words. She said, through a tragic accident in Hawaii that occurred one week before my senior season was set to start, I had volleyball taken away from me in an instant. Without it, what did I have to turn to? The answer, God and all of his joys and promises. I love this. I call the day of the accident the best day of my life because without it, I wouldn't have been able to fully realize how deeply God desires my heart and my life to be fully turned over to him. Amazingly, Heather not only recovered from the accident, but again, now she's playing professional beach volleyball in, in, in Southern California. She's living her dream, but she's doing it with a whole different attitude in her heart. She's discovered this incredible secret that every single one of us need to discover, that the best life that we could ever live is a life that's fully surrendered to our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to keep your life? You can. But eventually, I promise you, it's not going to turn out the way you think. And you're going to lose it. Or you can intentionally lose your life and give it to Christ. And you know what he'll do? He'll save it. He'll save it. I'm going to ask our ushers if they would uh, get ready to service the communion elements in just a moment. And I ask my prayer partners if you guys would go ahead and, and take your place this morning. I want to invite you today to a personal time of surrender. I want to invite you to, in these next few moments, to just fully open your heart and life up to God. Uh, this morning, if you've never made a, 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 a personal decision for Christ, if you have never surrendered your life, if you've never invited Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, again, today, all you need to do is to confess to him that you need him. And this morning, the, the God is willing to forgive your past. Today can be the first day of the rest of your life. Maybe, as I was sharing today, there are some of you who realize that you've been, you've been holding back on God a bit. Maybe you've still got some stuff in your old life you're trying to hold on to. Or maybe some of us have relationships that really matter a lot more to us even than our relationship with God, and we need to lay those down before him. Maybe, like Heather, it's not that you meant to drift away from God, but this morning what you realize is you really haven't given him priority of thought in a long, long time. And and today, whatever your need, wherever you're at on that journey, I just invite you through a very simple prayer of faith to be honest with God and ask him to become number one of your life. I I invite you today to, to take your crown 
and just lay it at his feet and say, Lord, I, I need you to be the head of my household. I, I need you to be my king where I work. I, I need you to lead my life and be my Lord at school. I, I need you to be my director. I give you my life. Do you make that your prayer today? If some of you would like to pray with someone this morning uh, for any of what I've just shared or for a personal need that you have in your life, we have prayer partners, two at the front and two in the back. Any one of these would be more than happy during these next few moments. You can just get up and come to them. They'll be happy to pray with you about whatever prayer uh, support you need this morning. That's why they're here today. Make these next few moments your personal time of worship as the ushers dispense the communion elements remember the cups are stacked in two the bottom cup has your juice or your your bread the top cup has your juice so make sure you lift both cups out and if you'll hold them until everyone's been served after we have a chance to sing this song together i want to pray a prayer for us and we'll receive the elements together let's pray father how thankful we are that with open arms, you receive us just as we are. We can come broken. We can come desperate. We can come empty. We can come with lives that are stained with sin. And you receive us just as we are. How grateful we are for your unconditional love. But God, we're also thankful that that you don't leave us that way. That by the power of your Holy Spirit and your incredible mercy and grace, you clean us, you wash away that sin that we can be white as snow. That you take our brokenness and you heal us by the power of your hand. That you take our desperation and you fill our lives with hope. Lord Jesus, it was such a profound statement that you made that day that if we try to hold on to our lives and be the gods of our own lives and run it our way, we just end up making a mess of it. But if we're willing to lose that, if we're willing to surrender our lives to you and give you the control, you can do some amazing stuff. Lord Jesus, you said that you have come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And today, that's the kind of life we really want to have. And so here today, Lord, we hold in our hands your commitment to us, this little piece of bread that represents your body that was broken on our behalf, this little cup of juice that represents your blood that was spilt for us. You gave us all of you. And here today, we give you all of us. It's in your precious name that we pray and we give you thanks. And everyone said,